it's something, you know, Saturday morning, uh, for me, it's, uh, I can, you know, even I can sleep in that day. I usually, six, seven o'clock, I'm waking up. I don't know what it is. And then Sunday, though, you could sleep till two in the afternoon. I don't know what something spiritual going on there, but um, I'm going to throw some scripture at you. And uh, what I want to talk about, and it may sound like a very simplistic, simplistic, am I doing something? Oh, my thing's right here. May sound like a very simplistic uh, thing I'm going to be teaching about. Okay, it's on there. Good. Uh, I'm going to be teaching about why we read the Bible. Now you say, "Well, I know why we read the Bible," but a lot of times people read the Bible just because that's what they're supposed to do, and that's a blessing. You should be reading it. Um, but I want to show you why you read it, and I'll go get into that in a second. I'll go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Lord, thank you for allowing me to be here. I uh, thank you for the opportunity you've given me to to be here. Lord, I pray for uh, Pastor Evans, Lord, as he uh, recovers, Lord, from this uh, knee surgery and knee replacement. Uh, Lord, I know it's just something that takes time, and I, I pray that you just uh, give him wisdom as he uh, heals from that. And Lord, I just thank you for him allowing me to come and preach and teach this morning. And Lord, I pray that you can use uh, what I'm teaching and preaching this morning, Lord, to help somebody, Lord, that I don't just fill a slot and just uh, beat the air, Lord, that you do something with it, and that some people get something out of it. And Lord, I pray you give me the wisdom, the discernment, the understanding, Lord, um, to be able to, to teach and preach it, Lord. It's, I don't take it lightly, and I pray you can use it for your honor and glory. In your precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus, amen. <clears throat> amen. So what I want to talk again about is why you read your Bible. Now, you need to read your Bible, and uh, you get told that all the time. Your preacher tells you that. Everybody tells you you should read your Bible. And sometimes, especially if you're a younger person, you just read it because you're told to read it. Um, maybe you don't get a whole lot out of it, but you read it. I know a brother that told me that he, uh, he when he was a kid, that his, his parents would say, no Bible, no breakfast. You know, you don't get any breakfast if you don't read your Bible. Um, and that's kind of good. That's a good thing, actually. But, um, you know, you need to read your Bible. Now, I'm the kind of preacher, I'm the kind of Christian that I like things to be real. And, I, I mean, you can say a lot of things. Preachers sometimes will say things and it sounds good from the pulpit, but reality is it just doesn't work out just like that. And uh, a lot of times I've had, I used to, actually I used to preach this myself, but um, if you can get up in the morning and read your Bible, that's a blessing, amen, you should get up and read it. But sometimes in life, uh, depending on your schedule, you can't. Um, and sometimes preachers will, will kind of beat you up about that, but you know, if you've got to be to work at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, um, and you, that means you've got to get up at 2.30 in the morning and read your Bible, that's just not real practical. If you're like me, you get up at 2.30 in the morning, I'm not getting a whole lot out of my Bible reading. I'm just trying to stay awake, you know, trying to get something, you know, just trying to just say, hey, I read it. That's all I did. So you got it, but that doesn't mean you don't read your Bible. You need to set some time apart to read it. And it may not be at the time everybody else reads it. Um, I know a lot of uh, preachers, sometimes, some of them are, are full-time, and they'll get on their, their, their churches about, hey, you need to get up early in the morning and read it. But, you know, they, they don't have to worry about going to work in the morning as far as a regular job. So they get up at 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, grab a cup of coffee, sit down on their desk and drink, read their Bible. Well, that's a blessing that you can do that. Not everybody can do that. Some people, I mean, you get up at the crack of dawn, you've got to be to work before the light shines over the horizon. And you, you can't always do that, but you need to find time to read it. That's not an excuse not to read it. You need to find time to read it. You should have some time set apart during the day to read it. Now, it's a blessing to be able to do it first thing in the morning, but sometimes you just can't. That's just reality. I'm just being real with you this morning. But you still need to read it. And so why do you read it? Well, you need to read it for several reasons. And I got um, a couple, some points here to show you why you read your Bible. You don't just read it because the pastor says so. 
You don't just read it because that's what you're supposed to do, because if you do that, then it just becomes religion. You're just doing it because you're just you're told to do it. You're not getting anything out of it. You're just reading it. Well, I read my chapter today. Did you get anything out of it? And that you need to you need to read it. So we'll start in John chapter 5, verse 39. John chapter 5, verse 39. The first reason you read your Bible <clears throat> is so you can know what and why you believe what you believe. Uh, you need to read it and you need to study it because you need to know why you believe what you believe. Some of you, I bet. There are people in here right now that believe things, and they don't even know where it is in Scripture. You couldn't even find it. If someone, someone challenged you to where it is, you wouldn't be able to tell them. In John chapter 5, verse 39, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. He tells you to search them. You need to search the Scriptures. You need to be searching them. Uh, do you know why you believe what you believe? Do you know what's going do you do you know why you believe in the rapture? Where's the rapture at in the Bible? Where's the second coming at at the Bible? How do you know that you're eternally saved? Can you, can can someone come up and ask you? Could you open the Bible and show them? You need to be able to do that. If you can't do that, then you don't know the scriptures. You're not searching the scriptures. You're just going off what somebody told you. You need to search the scriptures. I don't care who the preacher is. You need to search and find out what they're saying if it's so. I mean, they can be charismatic, and they can be, man, they make me feel good, but you better be careful. I mean, listen, I love charismatic preachers that run around and do that stuff. That's great. I enjoy that, but you still need to check them out. When I preach at the jail, I tell the people at the jail, I say, I tell the guys at the jail, I say, listen, you check me out, and if, anything, if I say anything against the Scripture and the Scripture says something different, you take the Scripture and you dump me. I said, the Scripture's the authority, and that's where we base everything off of. Turn to John chapter 20. You need to know why you believe what you believe. <clears throat> and if you don't, you have problems, and I'm going to show you that. John chapter 20, and this is, this is his disciples. John chapter 20, and this is talking about after the Lord has risen from the dead, starting verse 6. John chapter 20, I hope this is my water. Am I supposed to be drinking this? Okay, I praise the Lord. I just thought about that. John chapter 20, verse 6. The Bible says, Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed, for as yet they knew not the Scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. They didn't know the Scripture. You know why they were confused? Because they didn't know what the Scripture said. Now you say, well, Jesus didn't, he, well, number one, Jesus did tell them what was going to happen. Number two, it is in the Old Testament. If you study your Old Testament scriptures, you know what was going to happen. Um, you need to know the scriptures. Do you know why you believe what you believe? Why are you here this morning? Is this just a religious thing? Are you just here because this is what we do? You know, there's a lot of people that go to church and they don't even know what the church believes. They're just there on Sunday morning because they feel like they're filling their slot. You need to know why you believe it. You need to know. What if someone comes up and asks you something? You know, be ready to always give an answer to every man, right? To ask of the hope that's within you, right? You're supposed to be ready always to give an answer. You should be able to open the Scripture. If a Jehovah Witness comes up to you and says that there is no hell, what are you going to do? Well, my preacher says, it doesn't matter what your preacher says. What does the Bible say? Can you open the Bible and show them? You know, you got the Mormons coming in and they believe that, you know, that uh, Jesus Christ is the devil's brother and that... Uh, uh, they believe some crazy stuff. They, how are you gonna? I, I actually talked to um, 
some Mormons actually over here at West Branch one time, and I got them real mad. I, I probably got in the flesh a little bit. I had to be careful. But they, they, they got, got them real mad. They, they, I was over there, and I was, my family was playing in the park, and I went over, and I kind of was sitting there looking at the river there, just kind of meditating a little bit. And, you know, there was a couple Mormons walking through the park, and they saw me sitting there meditating. So, oh, they, I know what they thought. Oh, fresh meat. You know, we're going to go over and get this guy. So they come over, and they walk over there. I see them coming, and I know what's happening. So I watch them come over, and they, they start saying, hey, how you doing? I say, hey, good, good. How you doing? We get talking to conversation. Of course, it eventually turns to, you know, being a Mormon and stuff, and I pull out my uh, New Testament. Well, I said, well, that's wondering. And I started pulling my Bible, and they're, oh, you know. And I'm like, yeah, and I start talking to them, and I know stuff about their religion that they don't even know, you know. And I, I, I say, you know, I, I start bringing it back at them, and I'm telling them their beliefs, and I'm showing them in the Scripture how it's wrong, and I'm showing them how I'm showing them in, in Scripture uh, different verses in the Bible. What happened? They started getting mad at me. Well, one of them did. The other one was trying to calm the other one down because I was trying. I was kind of getting after them a little bit. I'm like, because they're walking around deceiving people. There's my kids in this park. There's all sorts of people, and they're walking around trying to. So I, you know, and usually when you when you meet a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon, there's usually two of them. One of them's the experienced one. The other one's kind of the trainee. They're kind of just watching. Now the one you want to try to go after is the trainee because they're not completely indoctrinated yet. The other one usually, now, I mean, anything can happen. The Lord, the, the word does not return void. So you, you can, anything can happen. But what I do is I address the one that has the experience, but at the same time, I'm actually talking to the one that doesn't. And I want them to hear because what that other guy heard is he heard me just destroy his religion from the Bible. And so he sits there. Now he has a choice. Now he has to decide whether the Bible is true or not. Now, he can continue doing what he's doing, but now he has no excuse because he knows the Bible says that's not so. Now, you can always find cults. You know how you find cults? They always have more than one authority, right? Mormons have the Book of Mormon and the King James Bible, Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, they have the New World Translation, and then they have the uh, Watchtowers, which stuff. All of them have more than one authority, and that, mean, that means that there has to be another authority that tells you how to believe it. You know, the Catholic Church the same way. You have... You have the Bible, then you have the church, and then you have the, the priest that tells you what you're supposed to believe when you're supposed to believe it. Should you believe the Bible here? Should you believe the priest here? What should you believe? As Bible believing Baptists, we believe the book. That's the final authority. You know why you believe what you believe. So you need to read the Bible so you know what and why you believe what you believe. Now I'll turn to Acts chapter 17. This is kind of going, this is piggybacking a little bit on what I just said. Acts chapter 17. Now, you need to know the difference between truth and error. And listen, there's a lot of things you're going to hear out there that is not the truth. Um, actually, right now, the truth is so... The devil has gotten the truth intermingled with lies and deceit so much now that it sounds good. Uh, the devil will take anything and, and mix it. And you don't want... You want to know the truth. The only thing... Listen, I can lie to you. I can sit up here and put on a show for you this morning. I can say all sorts of stuff. How do you know I'm telling you the truth? How do you know? Well, Brother Josh, he's a good guy. Still can lie. All men are liars, the Bible says. I mean, I'm not, honestly, just in myself, I'm not going to willingly lie to you, but I can make a mistake. I can say something that's not right. Unless you got that book in your lap and you're looking at it. Or do you leave it in your pew until you come back next week? You don't know. I mean, who knows what they're saying? You need to know the tr difference between truth and, ever, act, truth and error. Acts chapter 17 uh, look at verse 10. <clears throat> the Bible says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, 
who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and what? Searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. You know what they did? They searched him out. They wanted to see if he was telling the truth. That's what you need to do. You can't go off somebody's personality. You can't go off how charismatic they are. You can't go off any of that. You can't go off your feelings. Well, I had a good feeling when I was in church today. Your feelings change. How you feel right now is not how you're going to feel in 15 minutes. You know, you don't know how you're going to, you can't go off your feelings. You've got to go off the book. The book is a foundation, and Christians nowadays are going more off what they feel and what they hear out there in the world. Listen, you can't get your Bible from the Discovery Channel, okay? I know it's good, and they got a bunch of cool pictures and a couple documentaries and reenactments and all that stuff, but it's a lie. you got to be careful about that stuff. you got to be in the book, checking things out. You need to know the difference between truth and error. I'll turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse, if I can get there myself. 2 Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 14. Actually, we'll start in verse 13. It's so, so good. Anyway, verse 13. The Bible says, But evil men, 2 Timothy 3, 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Right? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the what? Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's what the Bible says. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works." You know, that's how you know the difference between truth and error, through the book, through the Scriptures. You need to know this book. If you know this Bible, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, if you know this Bible and you've read it and you've studied it and you've spent a lot of time in it, you will never be deceived. You will never be, you'll just know it too well. Uh, at the jail one time, uh, we had some guys, that, the guys there had some other preachers coming in besides me, and there was a lady coming in, she was a Yahweh lady, she's uh, talking about Yahweh, and you need to believe in Yahweh, and She's all messed up. Anyway, she, she, she came in, and they told me when I was preaching to them, they said, well, there's this lady comes in, and she says what you're saying is wrong. And she says, you need to you know, believe what she's saying. I said, okay. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. And I have to be careful because I don't want to get kicked out of there. But I said, I'll tell you what. I said, when she comes in next time, I said, when she, because they said she never brings a Bible, and she only brings like little pamphlets, and then she hands out these pamphlets, and they read the pamphlets. I said, next time she comes in and she says that, I said, ask her where the chapter and verse is of what she's talking about. They said, really? I said, yeah, ask her. I said, well, if you believe this, where, where's that at in the Bible? Can you show me that? I said, just see. And I said, because I have to give you a chapter and verse what I believe. So make her do the same thing. And they said, okay. Well, I came back the next week. <laughs> they said, we did what you said. I said, really? How'd it go? They said that she got so mad, she left. She stormed out. When they said, all they did is ask her, where's that at in the Bible? Can you give me the chapter and the verse? And she's like, I can't deal with you guys no more. And she left. Yeah, something's wrong. Somebody's got a problem. That's how you know. Can you give me the chapter and verse on that? What about, you know, the preacher comes in and says stuff. I've, you got to be careful. Preachers make mistakes. I know a preacher one time that he started teaching something because he heard it from another preacher that was really, you know, a really well, a good, well-known preacher, and he started teaching it. And all of a sudden, um, me and another friend of mine who's, who's a preacher as well, he started he listening to him preaching about it. He's like, well, that's not scriptural. So he sent that preacher the, uh, over text. 
he sent him the text and said, hey, this is what the Bible says. Why are you teaching this? And all of a sudden, he got a text back. He said, oh, man. <laughs> he realized that he hadn't studied it through, and he was teaching it. And he corrected it. Praise the Lord. He's, he said, hey, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have been teaching that. Um, you got to be careful. You better know the Scripture. I don't care who says it. You better be searching the Scriptures. So you need to know the difference between truth and error. So you need to know why and what you believe. and um, You need to know the difference between truth and error. Now turn to Acts uh, chapter 17 again. Third reason you need to read your Bible. There's a reason you read it. <laughs> it's not just a religious thing. Well, I read my Bible. I've read so many chapters today. Did you get anything out of it? You know? Sometimes, I mean, you ever been reading your Bible and you've only gotten through like half a chapter and the Lord has just given you so much stuff and you're like, wow, I can't even, you can't even finish all your chapters that day because the Lord's given you, I mean, there's been times I've been writing stuff down and the Lord's been showing me things, speaking to my heart. Sometimes the Lord will just deal with your heart and you'll just sit there for a while and meditate on what He's given you, amen? Um, listen, you need to read as much Bible as you can, but it's not a competition, okay? It's not like, hey, I read 15 chapters today. Well, great. Did you get anything out of it, Amen. Now, sometimes you're going to just get through it. I mean, you're going to get through Leviticus, okay? Uh, you're going to get through First Chronicles, first 10 chapters. You're, going to, you're, going to, you're just going to get through But the Lord has stuff in there, every word of God, right? You need to read it all. Acts chapter 17, look at verse 1. The Bible says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thelosinica, where was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them, what? Out of the Scriptures, right? Verse 3, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. How's he doing it? He's doing it through the Scriptures. You know what he's going? He's going to those Jews, and he's opening up the Old Testament, and he's showing them where Jesus is in the Scriptures. He's trying to show them through the Scriptures. You know why you need to read, or read your Bible? You need to so you can witness to the lost. You can't witness to them without the Scripture. Now, listen, you can, you can go about You need to know some Scripture, but it's good to have a Bible on you so you can show them. Show them why you're saying So you're not just saying, saying stuff. One time I was witnessing to a guy, and I remember I, was re I started reading him the Scripture from my, from my Bible, and he told me, he goes, well, that's just your interpretation. I said, I didn't give you my interpretation. I just read you the Scripture. He said, that's just your interpretation. I said, no, I just read you the Scripture. I didn't give you any interpretation. And he said, no, 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 it's just your interpretation. I said, here, and I handed him my Bible. I said, you read it. See if it says the same thing. Oh, you go too far. And he stormed off. You know, he couldn't face the Scripture. But I've had other people say, show me. Show me where that's at. And so you open your mouth and say, okay, let me show you. And you show him that. One time I was... Actually preaching at the Harrison at the Clare County Jail, and I was preaching in there one time. And there's a guy in there, and I got done preaching, and they started gathering around talking to me after the service. And one guy comes up, he's like, he's like, well, I'm a Seventh Day Adventist, and I believe that you need to be in church on Saturdays, and that Sunday's the mark of the beast, and all that stuff. I said, well, I said that's not scripture. <clears throat> he said, well, yeah, and he's going over the Old Testament. I said, well, that's for the for the Jews in the Old Testament. I said, do you know what the Bible says about it now? He just kind of looked at me. So I went to you know Colossians, and I showed him you know. Uh, uh, actually, let me read it for you. I can't even quote it right. I have no respect for a holy day, right? I'm not going to uh, want to make sure I quote it right. Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward and voluntary, or excuse me, that's not what I want, verse 15. 
or verse 6, verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. You can have church on Tuesday if you want. I mean, Lord, Lord's, Lord's not worried about what day you have it as long as you have a day. Why do we have church on Sundays? Well, that's tradition because that's the day the Lord rose from the dead. That's why we do it. But you don't have to have it. If you want to have it on Saturday, have it on Saturday. Praise the Lord. If you, got, if you can get people to come on a Saturday, go for it. But don't tell everybody you need to be there on Saturday or you're going to, get the, you're going to go to hell. That's not Bible. I said, show me that in the Bible. He couldn't show me that, and I showed him this verse. And he went like this. He went, hmm, I don't know about that. And all the other guys that were sitting around me in the jail, they said, well, that's what it says. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. You need to be able to witness to the lost. Turn to Acts chapter 18. You need to be able to witness to them. You need to know the Bible. You should be able to open the Scripture. If you're in here and you don't know how to lead someone to Christ through the Scripture, you need to learn. You know why some people don't witness? Because they don't know how. They don't know where it's at in the Scripture. You need to, you need to learn. It's very simple to learn. I mean, there's so many versions you can go to, but you can simplify it and just say, hey, listen, I mean, when I got saved, I, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, well, he sat there and went through a theological study with me. He just told me, are you a sinner? Yes, I'm a sinner. Where would you go? And he showed me the Bible. Where would you go as a sinner? He showed me how, how I was, in Romans chapter 3, how I'm a sinner. And then he took me over to Revelation chapter 21 and showed me, um, you know, how that, uh, where sinners go when they die. And then he, started to, he took me over to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Try, or, uh, uh, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Listen, he mentioned both. And he took me over to Romans 10. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he said, the best way you know how, ask Jesus Christ to save you right here. And that's what I did. It wasn't complicated. You can memorize three or four verses, and you can lead someone to Christ. Now, it's good to know more than that, but how are you going to lead anybody? You know why some of you aren't witnessing? Because you don't know the Scriptures well enough. Uh, Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. When you know the Scriptures, you get more confidence. When you have the truth, you have confidence. You know, I don't bow down to any cult or anything because I have the truth. I know I have the truth, so I don't worry about it. People get so mad at me when I street preach. Listen, you want, you know, if a Muslim wants to go out there in the street corner and preach, man, have at it, man. It's free country. But I still have the truth. And I'll talk to him any day of the week. He hands me a track, a Muslim track, I'll hand him a Christian track, and I'll say, hey, let's talk. You know what most of them want to do? They don't want to talk. <laughs> you know, I remember one, I remember one time that some Jehovah Witnesses pulled in my, were in my driveway when I pulled in, and I remember David, he was just a little baby, he's sitting there in the car seat. And I said, David, I said, hang on, Daddy, be right back. And I jumped out. The Jehovah Witnesses were standing there. I pulled my New Testament out. Man, it was, it was like I just pulled a gun out on them. I said, hey, how you doing there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's exactly what I'm not exaggerating. That's what they, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, this is the New Testament. Well, we don't want to talk Scripture. We don't want to argue. We just want to tell you that we're all going to the same place. We're all trying to work. No, no, we're not. According to Galatians chapter 1, that's not the truth. It says, any man preaching any other gospel than that which we have preached, that are going to be accursed. Oh, okay, you just want to fight now. You want to fight now. No, I want to talk, talk to scriptures. If it's, listen, if this isn't the truth, then what are we doing? We're just wasting our time this morning. We might as well be out doing something else today. If this isn't the truth, you need to know the scriptures. Uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 28, the Bible says, For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the what? Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So you need to know it so you can witness to the lost. 
So you need to know that you may witness the loss, that you know the difference between truth and error, to know why you believe and what you believe. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 15. Brother, you finish up about a quarter or two, is that right? Is that right? Somewhere around there? Okay, because I know last time I went a little long, so I want to make sure I don't keep you too long. Romans chapter 15. If I start seeing some hands waving in the air, I'll know. Like, okay, it's time. Time to shut it down. All right. Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> the Bible says in Romans, you need to, you need to know um, to read the Bible so that not only for all those other things, but that you can have patience and comfort and hope. That's what you get it from is from this book. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, Paul says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the what? Scriptures might have hope. That's where you get your hope from. That's where you get your, your comfort from. Um, there's a comfort that comes from the Scriptures you can't get from anybody else. And you know why you get it from the Scriptures? Because this is God's breathed words, and He gives you comfort through it. And this is His book. You know, you talk, the world talks about the, the Ouija boards and the, the black magic books and the books that you can read and, and all that stuff and that witchcraft stuff. And there is power, a satanic power behind some of that stuff. This book is God's book. And there's power of the Spirit in it. It's, it's, it's a book. Folks, we're either really, really right or we're really, really wrong. Because this book makes people so angry and so upset now, let me ask you a question. If you don't believe this book, if you don't believe in God, and you think this is all a fairy tale, what do you care if I'm reading it or not? Because it's just a joke to you. I don't care about a lot of stuff people are, I just know it's nonsense. But what do you care? I mean, it's not like you're a Muslim or somebody you want somebody, you're defending your religion. If you're an atheist, what do you care? Okay, you want to believe in God? Believe in God. I don't. Okay. Why are you getting so angry? Why are you getting so mad? I mean, I was down there at the University of Michigan street preaching one time, and a lady, girl came up there, and she just started screaming at me, just losing her mind. That is not true. That is all garbage. And I was like, well, what are you so mad about? If it's not true, oh, well. You know why? Because they instinctively know it's true. They know it, and they're trying to drown their minds out of it. That's what a lot of people in this world do. They take their sin, and then they need to be patted on the back all the time. That's why you have all these, uh, all these LGBTQT days, and you have all this stuff. Why is that? Because they know they're sinning. They know what they're doing is wrong, and they have to fight their conscience every day, and so they need constant affirmation that what they're doing is okay because they feel guilty, and it's tearing them up inside, and it's destroying them, and they walk around, and they don't want to admit that they're sinning, so we need to have a day every other week for them so they can say, you are great, you're so brave, you're so brave. Oh, you're sinning, and they know it. That's why they hate this book. They know it. You know what the problem is? People don't want to be judged by this book. That's why they hate it, so... Anyway, how does that have to do with patience and comfort of hope? I don't know. But you need to, it gives you comfort and hope. Amen. I went off a rabbit trail there. So it gives you comfort and hope. Turn to Psalm 119. I guess I just wanted to say that. So Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm just, I'm the kind of guy, I want the truth. And 
you got to be careful because sometimes you'll get so into the ministry and into religion and stuff that that's what it becomes is religion because you forget your first love, okay? Psalm 119, you forget why you started in the first place. Psalm 119, verse 50, the Bible says, David says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Psalm 119, verse 49, I'm sorry, I started a verse ahead. This is my comfort and my affliction for the word, for thy word hath quickened me. That's his word. Sometimes you know what you need to do? You need to just get away and sit in the book for a little bit. I need to, I need to go out. I go out to the woods all the time. I drive my Jeep out there and I sit out there and I just read the Bible. It's all quiet, nothing else out there bothering me. I just sit out there and read my Bible and I give the Lord. The reason sometimes the Lord doesn't, you can't hear the Lord is you got too much noise around you. And like I've told you before, you know, I've said this before, that's why when you go to the stores, that's why you go to gas stations, that's why they have the gas station TV, that's why they have the um, music playing everywhere you go, because they're trying to keep your mind off. You see, when it's quiet, the Lord can speak to you, you know? That's what, that's what they do. You ever notice, remember, I mean, some of you who are older, you remember when you were a kid and you used to go into like a Kmart or something and they'd just be playing instrumental music over there? Remember that? It's kind of elevator music kind of stuff. Now you go into Walmart and they're blasting rock and roll and they're blast. They're, they're trying to keep your mind off spiritual things. It's it's all it's all on purpose. Now I'm not saying the people putting it on are doing that. I mean even in Gladwin now, um, when we during the day they're trying to blast music during the day downtown, for no reason. Why? Keep everybody's minds off spiritual things. As long as you keep it noisy, the Lord. You're, you know what the Bible says? Still small voice. You need to get alone sometimes. Not that the Lord can't get a hold of you in loud environments. You need to get away. Turn to um, Psalm 119, verse 114. <clears throat> David says this. He says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Isn't it a good place to come back to this? I mean, you can hear so much garbage, but you read your Bible so it can give you hope. And let me tell you something, this isn't a false hope, this isn't a hope like I kind of hope it happens. This Bible has already proven itself. It's already shown you it's true. And you know right now, if there's anybody in here about five steps from walking away out of, from the Lord, you know as well as I do, walking away, you're doing wrong. You know as well as I do, this is the truth. And you're going to have to spend the rest of your life pretending it's not. And that's what you're going to do. Most of you, you're ruined. You are ruined because you got too much Bible in you. And now you, you can go walk away just like anybody else can, but it's going to torment you the rest of your life because you know the truth. And you know what? You get that hope from the Scriptures, and when you walk away, you uh, let me ask you a question. How many people have walked away from this church? I don't know who has or who hasn't. But how many people have walked away from this church, gotten away from God, and you've seen them out in town, and how are they doing? Aren't they a blessing? Are they talking about the Lord anymore? They're, the people I see, they're miserable. They're angry. They're all the time. I'm sorry. You know, and they see, like, well, what did I do? You know what? You remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't want nothing to do with you. What is it? They, you know, most of the people that give me the hardest time at street preaching are not lost people. It's backslidden Christians. So you need, it gives you patience and comfort of hope. I, I'm not going to go over these verses, but I got Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, and then, of course, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. That's talking about the rapture, how you get hope in that. Listen, aren't you glad that, folks, there's a very good chance 
that we're out of here very soon. We're from another nation, you know that? I mean, I'm glad to live in America, but the Bible says we're a holy nation. Talking about some Peter, uh, we got another nation we're going to. And you know what? They can have this one. They can have this world. It's all yours. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to go to a place where it's perfect and uh, not have to worry about it. I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. We are so far gone right now that we have come to the end. I mean, you can't, <laughs> what's this, what are we calling everything now? We, we've come to the end where we're bouncing off the wall at the end of time, really, at the end of this dispensation. We're bouncing back off it. You say, what are you talking about? What are we doing? We're not coming up with anything. We're, we're all, what's the world doing? It's, right, it's going backwards. And now look at all the stuff from the past is being brought back up again. You notice that? All the uh, reminiscence of the past is coming back up. All the movies, the only way they can make movies now is to bring back things from the past. They've run out of things to do. We're at the end. I mean, you think about it. What's, what's everybody talking about? The Z generation. We're at the end of the alphabet. What, is, what, is, what are they doing over in the Ukraine? Russia's putting Z all over all their tanks and stuff. Nobody knows what it means. You know, I, might, I don't know if I told you this before, and you're going to think I'm crazy. I probably am, and uh, I might have told you this before, but, you know, I remember one time I was driving, years and years ago, I was driving, and I pulled up behind a guy in a car, and he had a George W. Bush sticker on the back of his car. And I was looking at it, and then the sticker had George, and then it had W real big, so you could distinguish between the Bushes, obviously, and then George W. Bush. I was like, oh, that's funny, they're highlighting that W, and the Lord says, well, what comes after W? said, X. He said, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I could be crazy. I mean, I probably am. And probably 10 years from now, you'll be laughing at me. But, you know, X was Obama. And then Y was Trump. Now we're at Z, Biden. There's nowhere else to go. Now, like I said, I could find out in 10 years from now, we'll be laughing about that. That was funny, Josh. But Folks, you ready? I'm ready to go. I mean, I just, you know the last domino to fall, according to Daniel, in the nations, is the leopard before the Antichrist shows up. Who's the leopard symbolizing the Bible? It's America. We're the last domino to fall before all socialism can completely take over. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that that means, folks, buckle up. It's almost time because we're the last, we're the, we're the last ones to go. So even though it's sad to watch our country go in the state, but we're almost out of here. So, through the, so you read your Bible so you can have patience and comfort and hope. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You read your Bible for a reason. Now, how do we know all that stuff? Now, listen, some of that stuff I was saying is just me talking, Okay. But how do you know that we're close to the end? Because of the Bible, okay? The Bible tells you. And, you know, we're supposed to be looking for the Lord. There's a big push right now for people. I don't know why. Bible-believing Christians are trying to tell, get on people for saying the rapture's coming. I don't know why. Oh, it's because we're in hard times, and all the Christians now, they're looking for the rapture. They think the rapture's going to happen just because we're having hard times. Well, last I checked, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be looking for the Antichrist. We're not supposed to be looking for the mark of the beast. We're not supposed to be looking for that. We're supposed to be looking for him. Isn't there a crown that comes to those that uh, are glad at his coming, right? Ah, what, what's the deal? What's the spirit coming behind that? 
Oh, you shouldn't be looking for the rapture. Okay, I'm looking for it, amen. So uh, 2 Timothy chapter, uh, is that what I said? Yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at verse 16. It's profitable to us. That's why we read the Bible, because it's profitable. It's profitable for you. Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's profitable. It's profitable. Turn to Job chapter 23. You read it because it's profitable. It does you well. You know what it does? It clears your head. It makes you think better. You think real well after you watch TV and movies? How's your, how's, your, how's your thought process going? You ever looked at anybody after they got done watching a long movie? <laughs> My kids were watching, uh, uh, was it Boomerang or whatever? They're watching the uh, Bugs Bunny stuff, and they're watching all that stuff. And they watched, I don't know how long they watched it for. Um, and my son, Seth, he got done. I said, okay, you know, we need to shut that down. He watched it a little too long. And he looked at me, man, he said, his eyes are all red. He's like, uh. I'm like, yeah, you watch way too much. Uh, yeah. How close do you feel to God after you watch a movie? I'm not saying don't watch movies. I'm just saying it's, it's pro- this book is profitable. It does something for you, not only spiritually, mentally, but it does something for you physically as well. Uh, Job chapter 23, look at verse, we'll, start, we'll look at verse uh, 12. You know this verse? Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than what? A necessary food. It's profitable to you. It's more, it's, 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 it's more necessary than eating. Profitable to us. So I got to hurry here. I got just a couple minutes, maybe three minutes at the most. So we'll go, we'll, we'll do this. We'll go, go to, um, Psalm 119. We'll finish up with this. Psalm 119. Now, I have a couple other reasons that I have, but I'm just going to skip some. But uh, the, uh, the last reason I'm going to give you for reading your Bible is uh, it gives us direction. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. These verses you know very well. Verse 105. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. All right? It's a light. It's a lamp. Now, listen, it doesn't tell you the whole way. Um, I go out camping and hiking and stuff, and I got flashlights to take with me. You can only see so far. And uh, you got to, it'll, it'll show you enough where you don't trip over stuff. And it'll show you the pathway that you need to go. So when the Lord, you get in the book, the, the Lord's not going to tell you what's going to happen 10 years from now. He's going to tell you what you need to do for the next step. So you just take the next step. What do you do after that? You take the next step. You take the next step. Christians are so worried about what's a half a mile off the road. Don't worry about what's half a mile off the road. Worry about what's your next step. If you get off step and what happens is you turn that light off, you have no more light. So now you're walking blindly through the dark, and who knows where you're going to end up. You're going to be all over the place. You could be off in the woods somewhere. A bear could eat you. <laughs> you don't know. You need to have that light. Um, turn to uh, same chapter, look at verse 101. Psalm 119, 101. The Bible says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Right? As long as you're keeping that word, it's going to keep your feet. It gives you direction. Uh, verse 58, same chapter. 
I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. And verse 59, I thought on my ways and turned my feet, what? Unto thy testimonies. You know what, some of you, uh, <clears throat> some of you, uh, you, what happens is you quit reading this for a while and you try to make decisions based off your own thought process and you can make bad mistakes. And you need to have this book. You know, there's been many a time, there's been many a time I've made mistakes and I'll talk about that this morning because I didn't. I was smarter than this, and I knew what I needed to do. If you got a major decision to make, number one, don't make it right away. Don't make it in the type of an emotion. You need to be in the book and in prayer. Folks, that's why we read our Bibles. I could have given you a whole lot more. That's why you read your Bible. You don't read it because the preacher said so. You don't read it because it's a religious thing you do. You don't carry it under your arm because, hey, that's what Christians do. This book is our foundation. This is where everything's based out of. That's why they can't take your religion from you. They can take this Bible from you, but if you hide it in your heart and your mind, you'll never lose it. This Bible is the most important thing, and if you stay in it and read it, you'll never, ever be deceived. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time this morning. Thank you for everybody's patience. Lord, I pray you just bless the remaining morning service and use it for your honor and glory. Precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.